1: Couple of armchair GMs who have yet to be wrong with any of their Timberwolves takes, <laughs> right? It's Flagrant Howls with Phil Mackey and Kyle Tyke.
0: Oh, thank you, everyone. Yes, thank you. Oh, wow. No, sit down, everyone. Sit down. <laughs> this is your favorite Timberwolves lifestyle podcast, where we just want the Timberwolves to win fifty games for the first time in almost twenty years. Uh, thinking about changing it to 60 after watching yet another great Timberwolves preseason game Kyle in which the Lakers thought, "You know what? Let's run our A lineup out there against the Timberwolves B-minus lineup without the target centers. And let's get let's get a feel good preseason game out here and make these uh, these guys look like clowns." And ultimately, it was the Timberwolves that got the best of the Lakers last night. Uh, we haven't seen Gobert and Cat together on the floor yet, so that's a thing we can talk about, but um There's another Luka in the NBA to take note (laughs) of, I think, as of last night. So let's start with Lakers, Wolves observations, Wolves preseason. We can get to a million other things, too, on the show today.
1: There were three big guys that played a lot of minutes in that Wolves-Timberwolves game. Luka Garza, Nas Reed, and Anthony Uh Davis. Mm -hmm. And Anthony Davis was the worst of those three players. Couldn't shoot. How about it? Couldn't really defend. Um, Luka Garza, I mean, listen, uh, a preseason game, West Coast. For a lot of the listeners that's a late late thing i was having a glass of wine or six last night and the fourth quarter was all luca garza and floyd money mayweather luca garza (laughs) was hitting these step back threes and then turning and talking just a crazy amount of smack to floyd mayweather and then after the game the wolves posted this on ig like they were dapping it up like i don't know if he cost floyd a bunch of money but I mean, think about waking up and seeing headlines like Luca Garza <laughs> defeats Floyd Mayweather's Los Angeles Lakers. Like I thought I was high. So yeah, if, it was great... if Floyd has another fight, you know,
0: Floyd likes to bring celebrities <laughs> in his entourage, like like Triple H. <laughs> was uh, I want to see Luca Garza holding the title up above Floyd Mayweather's head the next time he puts together some
1: sort of stunt exhibition match? He and and you know, all jokes aside, like he looks good. I I caught myself last night thinking like. Okay, who, you know, once they get the target centers back, there's not going to be a ton of minutes in that kind of front court. And how is Nas Reed, who, by the way, was, he was the man of the match last night. Like, Nas Reed just went at guys. He was awesome. I think he had, like, 20 and 10 and a half. Um, but they just, they have a lot of guys that can do stuff. Um, and, I mean, Garza Garza's probably going to spend a lot of time in Iowa. But they just continue to churn out this development process with these big guys, which, again, I don't, We'll get into this at some point today or through the season. I don't think Carl and Rudy are going to play 82 games, but if you can just go to Nas or go to Luca, like the the new Luca, um, that's pretty pretty special for Finch and Finch really loves loves Garza, so I think it's going to be something to monitor. Yeah, I
0: think man, there's like legitimate crunching at the end of this roster too right there's gonna be guys that either are in iowa or yep. don't get any minutes that you look and say man i wish that guy would get some could you find eight minutes for that guy
1: right but they yeah. they have a deep team man like and we've said you and i have been on this island like they're the deepest team they've ever had i, I we're gonna talk about this in a little bit but like i get a little nervous about being too deep because you can have that situation where you have too many guys and that'll play into like do they do some of these guys a favor? They have a very player-focused front office now that loves to like do right by players, and that might come into a situation where maybe you trade a guy just to let him, you know, go spread his wings somewhere else because you have so much depth.
0: I think we're gonna snapshot this for later for aggregation. If the Wolves get off to a slow start or underachieve, that Kyle said the Wolves have too much talent. They are too <laughs> deep. It might have a negative impact at some point on the
1: organization. When <laughs> I was, I think I tweeted all last night. Like trade everyone and just build around Luca Garza. Like yeah. you get all your picks back and just let that guy run the show. He's like a weird, like Midwestern Iowa version of Kevin Love, and he's big. Like he's a big guy, and he. I didn't know he could shoot like that, and he's I didn't just either. Letting it rain. So, and again, not to as fun as Luca was. Like Nas Reed. Like again, you said the Lakers played their real guys, not their accountants, like they did in Vegas. And Nas Reed just went at those guys. I always joke Nas was undrafted from LSU, came into the league, and couldn't jump over the free throw line. Like, that yeah. not from it, but over it. He just had no athleticism. He was kind of a chubby kid. He is so competitive. He he is the guy that during those lean years, like, hated losing the most. And he's put so much work in. Like, I don't know if he can play power forward, but I think Finch is going to have him try and see if he can play next to Rudy, play next to Carl. Um, the Nas Reed story is, like, one of the coolest stories I've yeah, remembered. and it's also and this and Nas Reed was sort of old regime,
0: but you yep. know, Tim yep. Connolly has been known for finding gems Nas Reed type players second round or undrafted. And this might dovetail into I saw two more instances in the last like 48 hours of Rudy Gobert trade hand wringing <laughs> across the Internet. Just we're right back to July where all the national talking heads and right. John Hollinger had a piece on. The athletic and then some guy with a big youtube audience was tweeting out things <laughs> last night you and i both retweeted him like this might be one of the worst trades even if the wolves win 50 it might be one of the worst trades in nba history what are you gonna do without first round? P-? it's like okay um can we stop pretending like they're the wolves have zero opportunity to reacquire first round picks so c- tell me if i'm crazy here but let's say let's say they decide in a year from now Oh man, you know what? This whole target centers thing. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe we were a little overzealous, which I don't think is going to happen. But we got to find a way to recoup some value down the road so that Anthony Edwards doesn't have barren cupboards when he emerges into his prime. Right now, in the next year, you could trade Carl Anthony Towns for multiple first-round picks. You could still trade Rudy Gobert not for the same haul you gave up to get him, but for a first-round pick or two or multiple. I think a team would trade a first-round pick for. Jaden mcdaniels right now let alone the version of him that would be available like in a year if you didn't want to sign into a contract i think a team in a year from now would trade a first-round pick for Jalen noel like i'm so sick of the rudy gobert trade slander because oh my gosh what are they going to do in 2020 it's like They'll figure it out, I guess, in five years. People are just saying, well, now you're screwed. This is the move. This is the only move you can make for 10 years now. You've dug your grave if this doesn't
1: work. My wife prefers when I just don't get into it online with people because then I it <laughs> leaks out into the living room and the kitchen. And I'm just crabby. Um, so my wife not- doesn't choose to say, don't, don't tweet, y- yep, don't yep, tweet. Yep. I know if there was a way for my wife to <laughs> review my tweets before, um, so I try not to engage. But yeah, there was just this bumsicle online that. I think the tweet was the wolves could win 50 games and it could still be the worst trade of all time. It's literally just like that's not a a functional thing that's real Um, because again they've won 50 games what four times in 33 seasons. Yeah. As you had Doogie on, I know earlier today, like the bar is just above the floor. Like it's not even there's no space. The bar to this team to have success is so low. Um, And like you said, you can then make the like. Would you let me put this another way? Would you have traded your 2023? Unprotected first-round pick, so you don't get a draft pick next year to get Rudy Gobert this season and try to win 50 games. And if that's a yes, and you win 50 games, that pick is already going to be 24, 25. Mm-hmm. So if you're just doing that on a one-year basis after this year, and you're like, you know what, we won 50 games, but uh, you know Rudy just didn't vibe with the guys, then you just pivot and you go get 80 cents on the dollar. But you've already had a 50-win season, like you've already yes. It's this isn't a I don't really actually agree with, like, Hollinger said it, too. Like, they don't have picks for the next decade. That's not— They do have your picks. You're a reporter. Like, that's not true. <laughs> they just don't have a pick next year. But then 2024, they can go get a guy. They can go draft LeBron's son. Like, they can do stuff. So, yes, and I got into—I was on Cooper Carlson's thing yesterday. And I, I got into a screaming thing because I was freaking out. But, like, Hollinger's Were you point yelling was, at Cooper? No, no. He just got me riled up in a good way. I was just—he— <laughs> he, Hollinger was like, you know, they, they they might have all this talent and they, they're going to win 50 games, but they don't have any picks to to go out and trade for an all star. And it's like, yeah, because they just did it. They just used all those. Picks. Right. Like, why do they need more picks to go get an all star? They just did that.
0: Where so is like, like, where is the market of people that are like, oh, but how are they going to acquire another all star? It's like, well, no. My, they-
1: <laughs> my analogy was so piss poor, but it was just kind of like they finally after saving up went and got a house and now they have a mortgage. But how and are you going to go buy a house now and the critics are like, well, how are you, how are you going to get in another house? It's like, why do we need another house? I have a house. I have but a mortgage. What happens if you don't like that house, that you, then you sell but, it. Yeah, It's not like we don't need to be galaxy brain because we've worked <laughs> in a front office for six months and we didn't do very well. Like Hollinger, like, <laughs> oh, this, yes, is go- yes. this is good. This is going to be okay. Snap. If they don't, if this doesn't work, you <laughs> then trade the player. It's the family guy mystery box or the boat. They have boats. Then you trade the boat yes when you buy a boat it's now worth 90 percent. but like go trade the boat next year the french boat to a team that wants a french boat and you'll get 80 percent of your value back like it's not that hard because also there is an iteration of all of this with how good the west is and how good the east is and how competitive everything is where the wolves just roll it over again and finish like 11th like they they everyone even inside that team knows they kind of overachieved last year they were gritty they were tough but that just doesn't after a while that gets figured out like the nba more than anything more than the nfl more than baseball like the nba is about talent you just mm-hmm. win off talent daryl morey has made that his life's vision to just i'm gonna go get the all-star and then i'll do some weird shit behind the scenes to fill in the roster that's what tim Connolly's is doing he's got all the boats and if he needs to go pivot to get you know a condo he'll go get a condo but anyway sorry that was
0: also but here, here's the other thing too it's like okay you're tim Connolly. And you are widely regarded as one of the, the brighter, mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. say, one of the five or six like top coveted front office executives. You've built some great things in Denver, and, and it, it, it cost the Wolves double your salary to pull you from that job. He is a highly mm-hmm. coveted, well-received. Is he, is he godfather Pat Riley? No. but like, Has he won a championship? No. But he is highly respected. He presumably knows what he's doing mm-hmm. to start with. Then he takes this job, and he comes in, and he has a half a decade really to play with here. He's got Anthony Edwards is still like four or five years away from whatever peak version he will be. You have an ironclad contract. You know, you are, you don't, you, he didn't have to come in here and really do anything this off season because you could have just kind of ran it back. Like you said, maybe maybe you're battling for a, a in spot again and uh, and then you just let these contracts, D-low, You let you just let money come off the books and you're wide open for next summer. He could have done that. He had no pressure on him to make a huge splash move. And so a smart new president of basketball operations comes in here and says, not only is this not too much to give up, but this is a stupid move if we don't do it, basically. Like, we, we should do this. So I guess from that perspective, I tend to trust his judgment, knowing that he wasn't forced into me. He made the move willfully. He's a smart, well-coveted guy who runs – you know, a basketball front office. I'm to this point, unless he proves otherwise, I am trusting his judgment on this over random guy on Twitter or, all due respect, John Hollinger. I guess on the yeah, athletics and, and, website. And
1: I, I have always had a bone to pick with Hollinger, but he is he is a smart in like he was everywhere in Vegas where I was in Vegas, but he also has always kind of had this reason to just dump on the Wolves. And the funny part about all this again, and this is my biggest gripe about the NBA versus how like the NFL is covered. The Wolves were just shit on about this trade, and it happened again on this this random YouTuber. If they just ran it back, and they struggled, and they went 35 and 40, whatever that number is equal to mm-hmm. two, Um, come February, there would be a bunch of stories about, you know, they haven't really been able to build a, a winner around Ant, and he's up for a contract extension this summer. Like, is he going to want out? So, yes. again, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't, if you're Minnesota, and I've embraced that now, but that's why every now and then, i was gonna look this up before this i didn't have time but i think you were the first person to put it out there so i need to credit you but it's elaborate the minnesota timberwolves fan base is m&m from eight mile mm-hmm. that is like like i think that was your take like they are at the end they just say all the bad stuff about themselves before anyone else online can say it because we've been through the mud like we've there's nothing you can say about us that we don't already know so we're the f- scariest franchise fan base in the league because there's nothing left to say. We know we missed on Curry. We know we gave Joe Smith money under the table. We know David Kahn. We know Kurt Rambis. Like, there's nothing else you can say. So to come out and be like, you guys could win 50 games and still be a joke. It's like, nope, that's not true. And we, I think that guy had a nice hundred quote tweets. So I'm sure he loved the engagement. But uh, that's you can't say things that aren't true anymore. I'm yeah. I'm coming this summer. I think <laughs> I love it, dude. I love I love fired up Kyle right now. Yeah, no, I know. Going after random out. strangers on <laughs> the internet. Going after random YouTubers. <laughs> By the way, subscribe to
0: Flagrant Howls on YouTube. Yes, please. <laughs> subscribe button so we can get as many uh, subscribers on the Scorn Earth uh, YouTube channels that guy has. Yes. Um, let's also get to this here, and we'll get to write that down. Predictions, which is a staple on Mackie and Judd and on Purple Correct. Daily, and we're going to do. I don't think we're going to do it weekly on Flagrant Howls, but we definitely need a preseason edition of write that down predictions. so We can go on the record with some stuff here but uh the pat bev podcast debuted oh, yeah, i believe yeah. that's
1: is that barstool i think so yeah it's with uh with roan um so pat got i think a good amount of money to do a basketball related podcast over on that website um yeah, and the first episode dropped and um say what you want about Pat Bev, but that's that's the guy that you would want to start a podcast with because he's already said everything he's thought and i think uh well, what was the thing he said yesterday?
0: Well, I'm going to read these Finch quotes. Is that what you're okay. referring yep. to yeah, 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 that's yeah. what I'm talking about. So he, I'm getting these from our from our guy, Joe Nelson. I bring to the news who transcribed this. I haven't actually listened to the podcast yet. But uh, he admitted, Pat Bev, that he was angered that Timberwolves head coach Chris Finch wasn't the first person to call and tell him he'd been traded to the Jazz in a blockbuster deal. Quote, When I get the call for the trade, I feel like that call should have come from the coach. That's where my anger came from. Not eight eight hours later or seven hours later when the dust is starting to clear. Uh, Easily motivated, Beverly has found more fuel and plans to use it to smoke the Timberwolves if he gets to play them in the playoffs. He said, quote, I respect that more. Just be real, especially when we have that type of relationship. That was my only issue, not getting the call from Finch right away. But that's all I need now to play them in the playoffs and smoke their ass. That's all I needed. Just that little bit. What are your thoughts on Pat Bev getting a little bulletin board material here from Chris Finch?
1: So I had heard that on the other side. Uh when we you know we were in Vegas, like talking to Finch pregame and stuff, like we 'cause they they're playing the Lakers obviously last last Wednesday, even though Pat Bev didn't play or last Thursday. But uh but they asked about Pat's influence on the team and Finch was very complimentary and he said like you know, that dude should be borderline jersey retired because he came in with a bunch of young guys and he told those young guys, like you, can, like, you can make the playoffs. And they believed in him. So he had nothing but good things to say. But he also said that, like, yeah, I don't think I've talked to Pat since the trade. So I think Pat was mad. I think Pat is also, we know this, like, looking for reasons to be pissed off and be motivated. That's how he's made his millions. And it's kind of how I live my life, too, just constantly being petty about people who – accidentally cut you off in traffic so i do the I,
0: same thing actually
1: see yeah. and, it, and it's like they might even have the worst day ever but it's like oh they went after me so now i'm pissed off so i get it i like <laughs> and it I'm gonna, we're um, gonna
0: road rage them into the ditch
1: and i i wonder too pat is like really smart and i wonder if he like he's already needing to start to kind of inflate the petty meter and just get pissed off because as again, we saw last night, like there was this viral scene where he was trying to huddle up the guys after the because the Wolves, by the way, just spanked them. But he's trying to huddle up the guys and like Westbrook wouldn't come in the huddle. And I think that whole that I mean, Pat has made the playoffs everywhere he's gone. And when he said it last year, we made fun of him and he did it. But this is the hardest case he's ever had. He good luck is. trying to get that Lakers team into the playoffs because you know, back to a basketball conversation. Um The talent difference between the Lakers bench and the Wolves bench like that, that gap is wider than like Anthony Davis's unibrow like that, that team, those two teams have different benches. One of them is a NBA bench and the other one is a G League bench. And it's going to be tough for Pat to keep that streak going. So he's taking shots. It's what he does. He's gonna be great as a podcast. Maybe we can get him on here. But um, I know he was not happy about how the trade went down. And
0: I would expect that from him. I was trying to think of is there any way that you could trade him you know just when the trade happened is there any way that he's not going to be chapped how would it have how would it have to have gone down for him to not be chapped and there was really he was going to find something like whether it was 100 jimmy butler just like you know and he already kind of did the old like he did take the because we did an episode two or three weeks ago he took a little shot on twitter at like inexperienced guys or guys who don't work (laughs) hard or something um but I I hope fans don't, because Minnesota sports fans, we do this thing sometimes where a player will come back, like A.J. Pruszynski, like a surly player will come back, mm-hmm. and we will boo that player for mm-hmm. absolutely no reason whatsoever. A.J. Pruszynski is the prime example. He was a really good Twins player for, I don't know, five years in the early 2000s, late 90s. He helped the Twins get to the playoffs for the first time in a decade. He was part of that resurgent team, two thousand one, two and three, and then they traded him to the Giants for a boatload of players, including Francisco Liriano and Joe Nathan. Same thing for Bev; you're trading him not for a boatload of players, but you're trading him for Rudy Gobert. Yep. So he he helps your team. He 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 adds some some grit to your team and some leadership to your team, and then you leverage him for something better. He should be celebrated. Mm-hmm. I've always said AJ Przinsky should have been celebrated by Twins fans. I hope fans celebrate Pat Bev, even if he's been a little cantankerous here in some of his comments. When he steps foot inside Target Center, I would expect a standing ovation that makes him uncomfortable. That's yep. what I want to see.
1: Yep, and I, I think Pat, again, to my point that he's really smart, he has taken a subtle shot at Finch. Finch, you know, understands it and welcomes it. Like, I mean, Finch could have called him two minutes after the trade went down, and Pat would be like, he called me 120 seconds after. The, you know, like, Pat would be pissed about something. So, Yeah. But it was, you know, a subtle shot at the coach and how that went down. And then a subtle shot at something that we don't have answered yet. Like, I don't know if after a year of the Pat Bev academy of grittiness and toughness and leadership, like maybe Ant is grittier. Maybe Carl is a better leader. But prior to Pat being here, like they didn't have that stuff. And now Pat's gone and did they take some of those things? So we don't know. So I don't think anything Pat has said has been wrong. Um, but he also has been very adamant to not like take shots at the fan base or the city, you know what I mean? Like he has been, I don't know, he quote tweeted me one day. and was like love gang. Like he, he loves his thing here. He was very cognizant of all the people that wore. I love Pat Bev shirts in the crowd during the playoffs. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I do though. I really, I, I really, that's a great point. I think when he is back, he should be showered. And I think they will fans here really smart. I mean, Wolves fans get it. Like they'll give that guy his flowers because his number 22 should be Retired in the rafters far better than Wiggins number twenty two because that guy did a lot more for this team in one year than Wiggs did in six or yeah. seven. We, we got to get KG's number up there first before before oh, anything, which is a whole nother. Don't get me started. Maybe maybe, topic. maybe January twenty twenty five once Glenn is uh, his parking spot has been removed and yeah. gives the keys to Arod. You know,
0: he's going to want Glenn. The next thing is Glenn has to be moved outside of the once Glenn retires to like uh, Naples officially, then Kevin Garnett will step that uh, foot back
1: in. Yeah, He's going to glue Glenn to the floor, just like all the people <laughs> did against Glenn. And then he'll step on Glenn to go raises. But yeah, that's, that's what that's, those
0: women were protesting. They were protesting <laughs> Kevin Garnett, Kevin Garnett's number not being raised in the rafters yet on, at Target Center.
1: Should have been on the floor with him. No. So, yeah, Pat Bev, give him his flowers.
0: I'm looking at right now, I'm on VegasInsider.com, looking at the latest NBA win totals here. Oh, okay. Okay. And this is from this morning. Okay. Actually, this was posted like I don't know, like a half hour ago. So they've they've updated these off of whatever the latest information is. And right now, here are your Western Conference over under totals. Phoenix fifty two and a half tied with the Clippers. The Warriors at fifty one and a half. And then the nuggets at forty nine and a half. So that's your top four teams.. Crap. And then three Western conference teams tied at forty eight and a half, tied for fifth, the Grizzlies, the Mavericks, and the timberwolves. And so the, they're they're all tied for you know fifth through seventh. Mm-hmm. And then the Lakers are only they're the next spot at forty five and a half just ahead of the Pelicans. So a couple questions off this, I guess my first one is, do you really think there's only a three-win gap between the Timberwolves and the Lakers at the end of the day? This feels like, like Lakers inflation, like optimism, LeBron, you know, healthy, this or that. And, you know, Timberwolves being the Timberwolves and the negativity surrounding the target centers. Can they mm-hmm. play together? It's like a lot of a lot of perceptions maybe dragging Wolves down, Lakers up. Another thing that people don't consider enough is I know he's been a cyborg for 20 years in the NBA. But at some point, LeBron James is almost 40.
1: And if you if you go look at his basketball reference page, he's actually played less games like every year than like these last couple of years. And you think like he's already starting to whether it be breaking down or just maintaining his body like Mm -hmm. I think he in 21, 22, he played 56 games. Right. And now classic like they were kind of out of the picture and didn't want to be in the playing game. And there's covid years in this, too. But it's like 56 games, 45, 67, 52. Like he's not going to give you 70 games. So just to answer your question. And what I saw last night, I know preseason is so meaningless. There are no Carl, there is no Rudy, but I kind of thought last night's game was like actually super meaningful because you saw again the same topic Phil and I have been on for since July. This team is so deep, and they don't even have to have. I'm not a big baseball guy, but like they don't have to have their fastball or their slider. Like they can just that was a great baseball
0: up. metaphor there, right there. <laughs> you know
1: what I mean? Like they can just come at you with. They did last night. Or we're just gonna give a Nas Reed, Luca Garza front court. And, we're going to throw knuckleballs. Right, yeah, exactly, and we're just still going to win. I mean, because that's the thing last night, like, Pat Bev was in that game in the fourth quarter for a reason. Like, he was trying to go full Jimmy Butler and take these third stringers to beat the Wolves, mm-hmm. and I don't know if that was, like, Darvin Ham's attempt to kind of just put some juice into it. I mean, Lakers fans were all in the building, so they didn't leave, but the Wolves took every punch that the main Lakers team could throw at them, and without their two, probably two of the three best guys, like, they won the game. I mean, D'Lo looked about as athletic and as engaged as I've ever seen him last night. Um, He was going at Pat. So yeah, insane. There's no way that's a three win gap. Like I don't, if the Lakers is 45 and a half, that's almost a better under than the wolves is an over. And I would bet my life on the over for the
0: wolves. Uh, What about your thoughts just generally on the wolves being kind of in that mix between they're basically Mm. tied with three other teams for fifth, sixth, seventh going into the season in the West.
1: I think it, I think it's probably right. I mean, I I have massive, I kind of like the Clippers more than anyone. Um, Obviously I love the wolves, but like if I had to pick a team to win on the West, it'd be the Clippers. I just think they have like 26 forward slash guards that they can just, when they yeah. really want to play defense, they can play defense. And Ty Lue is one of the best coaches in the league. So that, that seems right. The Warriors have so many young guys as well. They're going to win a bunch of games, even if Draymond's trying to punch them all. And then the Suns will be the outlier, right? Like, vibes matter and if the vibes of that team with their ownership thing and Aiton like they could fall but yeah I think the Wolves Mavs and Grizzlies are all tied together in October but I think the Wolves have more bench players than maybe those other two teams combined and I Mm -hmm. think I I would again bet my life like I think the Wolves have a much better chance to finish higher than the Mavs because the Mavs have one thing and if that thing goes away Luca, they have nothing else they don't have Brunson anymore. Um, the Wolves, we just saw it. No Carl, no Rudy. All right, whatever. We'll play these other guys and we'll beat the Lakers. So no Ant, cool. Put Jalen in. No Jaden, TP, Kyle Anderson, all these guys. So yeah, depth is going to play a big part in hitting that over. I'm with you on the Clippers. I mean, the, you know, just the fact that the Clippers a couple of years ago made that
0: crazy run with, you know, their backups yeah. basically. And then you just you just plop these all-NBA players back in. If they can stay healthy, that's a dangerous team. I think teams that are around or above the Wolves on the over-unders that I would look at maybe falling or the Wolves passing. The Suns, how often can you keep banging your head against the wall when you came that close two years ago mm-hmm. and then you get bounced? I think it was in the second round this last year. And Chris Paul continues to... I mean, at the end of these last two seasons, he has looked... Every bit his age and then some, and there's been some injury things. He had a hand at one point, but, uh, yeah, the sons and you're right. Like just the vibes of the organization. Some, some just feels a little bit off. I don't think they're going to miss the playoffs or anything, but I don't know that I would put them as the over under win total favorite in the West right now. Um, the Mavericks are just being held up by Luca. Mm-hmm. So, and you already kind of mentioned that, um, so basically, can the star power of that one incredible generational player, Trump, maybe the depth of Timberwolves or depth of Nuggets or other teams. And I mean, the answer has been yes, in a lot of cases, the last couple of years with the Mavericks teams behind the Wolves in the over under uh, preseason win totals that make me a little nervous. The Pelicans, for sure, if healthy, yep, that's the number one mm-hmm. loaded, right? I mean, they're mm-hmm. 44 and a half right now. But if you think they're going to be healthy, it's a, it's a guaranteed over. And then I would say maybe the Blazers. Just it depends on what version of is Dame. Does Dame still have a couple years left of of Dame time, or has he is he been such a high usage player for like eleven years that you're just it's going to be like Allen Iverson in his early 30s where he's just not after a couple injuries he's not the same guy. Maybe the Kings, but I still think they're a couple years away and have some tweaking to do. But they they can be kind of sneaky sometimes.
1: Uh, being out here in the Pacific Northwest, um, I a lot of Blazers talk to like, I think again if you just go a a simple thing if you're trying to bet the over or the under or just look into any of these futures is that just go Google a team name and depth chart, like the the Blazers for example, like their backup center is Drew Eubanks who like went to school with my wife at Oregon State, like good guy, solid basketball player, not as good as Luca Garza, so just think about that, like that's their backup center. Luca Garza is the Timberwolves ninth center. Like these teams just don't have a lot of depth and I don't like the Mavs too. Like look at their second unit. Like it's just the Wolves have a second unit of guys that could all start for like OKC. So it's just that depth is going to play a big factor and you know Dame hasn't always been the healthiest and like you said it's all tied into one guy and Luca who is still, you know, the better player of anyone on the Wolves, but behind him it's like those drafts. Okay, you take Luca one. Well, I'm going to take six Timberwolves 2 through 7. So Again, this all just comes back into. I think the Wolves are going to win a lot of games and be a top four or five seed, and it's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah. Well, maybe we should uh, take some of these projections and put them on the record here.
1: Maybe we should
0: we should put them under the "write that down" umbrella. Write that down. Which is write it down. You like writing things down. uh, A segment you can find if you're if you're new to Score North, maybe flagrant howls was your window into (laughs) Score North here. So on Mackie and Judd for about seven years, every single week, we are the only show in America to put statistics next to our (laughs) predictions so you can see just how wrong we are on a regular basis. We also do a football version on Purple Daily. Uh, I don't believe this is going to be weekly for us yet, but let's start with just going on the record. Let's make at least three Timberwolves or NBA-related predictions each that we can track and uh, not sweep under the rug Later in the season. Um, I'll give you the floor first here. This, this is a you big one man. as a
1: big score North guy. Um, I kind of have a three little bears, like cold, medium, and hot take-ish. Um, we, and we've kind of already talked about some of this. But my first one, my first write-it-down as part of the team, we've said it before, the Wolves will win 50 games. Okay, um, they've, I'm looking at my notes here. They haven't done it since 2003, 2004. That's always the year we reference. Four times in 33 seasons. Uh, they haven't gone back-to-back playoff years since 03, 04 um this is the most talented team this is the deepest team they might have the best coach the team's ever had um and i just i think between watching that that french 18 year old in vegas and seeing how many teams are going to just literally kidnap their star players come february those are going to be free wins in march and april and just how much talent this team has and the beginning schedule they're just going to win. They're they're going to like. I've never been. I'm so confident that I'm starting to have anxiety attacks. Like, they're <laughs> going to win 50 games. Um, I've bet over 48 and a half in Vegas. I've bet it online. Um, if you want to make a dinner bet with me on the side, hit me up on Twitter. But yeah, I think this is a 50 win team, and that is contrary to the haters. Like, that is a big milestone for this team, and that would be the first step that says the Gobert trade was an overpay, but a successful overpay.
0: So you mentioned their schedule to start the season. Oh, boy. Ooh. I almost wish they played some harder games so that you wouldn't – there's almost pressure to like uh-huh. – so here's the games. You play Oklahoma City and Utah at home, two rebuilding teams. There's some ta- – Oklahoma City scares me a little bit more. I think Utah is just going to be the Malik Beasley show, which should be should be fun to watch. that going be now. a fun show. Oklahoma City, again on the road, then uh, a, a home and home, but both – at home, I guess, mm-hmm. uh, against San Antonio. So San Antonio San Antonio and then home against the Lakers and then at San Antonio. So your first 7 games are against non-playoff teams likely and the Lakers at home. You should <laughs> I hate to say you should go 7 and 0 cuz it's the NBA,
1: but like is there a record that you would be if they went 5 and 2 would you be disappointed? no but the point you're trying to make is something i was thinking too when the schedule pressure man is so in august when i saw the schedule i was like oh everyone is so excited about this but don't you want to play those teams more towards the back half when like phil is starting at point guard or like you, you and i are getting minutes but then as we've navigated into this we still as of thursday haven't seen carl and rudy play together Now I've pivoted back to, like, I think I want them to start with easy games because we've seen the depth, like the Wolves did against the Lakers. They can just put other guys out there and win those games. Like, if Carl doesn't play in the home opener, cool, play Nas Reed, and he'll get 20 and 10. So I used to be concerned about that. I'm like, maybe it'd be nice to play, like, good teams so that if they do lose, it's not a big deal. But now I'm back on they have no reps between those two guys in live minutes, so it might be nice to get those live reps in. Yeah, you can
0: play something far less than perfect basketball and still win these games by you can play Carl 20 minutes
1: against the Thunder without Chet. Who knows what they do with SG, like you, and then you can still go win the game. So, five and two would be fine. I also think, even with an easy schedule, they're so good, they're going to beat good teams. That if it's four and three, like just again, let's just all take a deep breath. And like on Christmas, we'll all get together and then we'll freak out if they're 500.
0: If they only start four and three. I may call for Chris Finch's head. I just want to. <laughs> I
1: just want to throw that out there so this people aren't get shocked. Good. This okay. is going to get good. Okay, that's fair.
0: Th- then they also get. He- so after that stretch of seven games, they play at Phoenix and then home against Milwaukee. Those are both nationally televised games on uh, TNT and ESPN. But then you come home against Houston, home against the Knicks, who whiffed on everything they were trying to do mm-hmm. seemingly uh, before they landed Brunson, I guess. But. And then you get Phoenix, Memphis, Cleveland, Orlando, Philadelphia, a bunch of road games. So the schedule picks up like halfway through November. So you have a month, basically, to get your you get target right. centers you cohesive. I'm going to hate to be this guy, but I'm going to one-up you right now. Write it down. You like writing things down. I'm going to go for it. Write this down. You said
1: 50-plus. I'm going to say 55-plus. Okay, I got to think of something 55 to rhyme. Okay, though. That, that's fair. I've had people say they're going to win 60. Um, That's aggressive. Uh, just again, that's a big number, but i'm um, fifty five Explain your point. you like the depth or what I love the depth,
0: I think, They're... and you've kind of laid this out better than anyone, but there's just gonna be a bunch of weird games where your your you know cat has a nagging wrist thing and he's out, or you're gonna have starters get hurt mm-hmm. and I just love the fact that Jalen Noel could come in and start for you and play thirty two minutes and you would feel comfortable getting shots like. Mm-hmm. You, they just It seems like they have a guy behind all of their guys to come in where you wouldn't feel uncomfortable switching up your starting lineup because of injuries. So there's a lot of teams in the NBA where if the Mavericks, if Luka goes down, they're probably going to lose a couple of games they shouldn't or wouldn't otherwise. I don't know that that's the case with the Timberwolves as much as other teams. I also just think you start at 50 wins with Rudy Gobert, like I keep going back to these jazz teams, and this is oh, this is such an oversimplification. But you know, if you look at I'm going to pull this up on BR here. If you look at those jazz teams that I don't think had as much talent or depth as this Timberwolves team does, correct? Rudy Gobert on defense and rebounding and blocking shots and altering what opposing teams are trying to do. It was basically guaranteed 48 to 52 wins every year for five years. The last five years or so. So if that's the baseline for a Rudy Gobert team with some talent around him, what's the baseline for a Rudy Gobert team with more talent around him? It's probably more like 52, 53, 55 wins. That's a a drastic oversimplification here, but I just look at the Jazz and I'm like, that that was a really good team. This is a more talented team, and they won
1: 50 games almost every year. I'll give you an even dumber simplification. If this roster... I always think about this in March Madness. They do the blind resume. They put all these stats up and record and they take the team's logos off of it. And you got to figure out who would you think should make the bracket more. If you took this roster and this front office and this coaching staff and you put it in LA, what would the Vegas win total be? It would probably yeah. be like 53 and a half. So there's still that Minnesota scar tissue. We talked about that Minnesota stink as the garbage truck just drives by. Um, like that, that is a real thing. So they're just so deep. They're so talented. And I think it's going to be I mean, I think there's a greater than zero percent chance that one team forfeits a game in March that they see Victor Wimbanyana again, like dunk between his legs from the three point line. And the Indiana Pacers are like, nope, all our players have monkeypox. like we're just we're going to take this game off. So I just think all of that factors in easy start, talented team, deep team, and then a free for all come February, March, that it's just going to be almost impossible for them to not win games. Um, I mean, dude, last night the Lakers missed, like, 13 threes in a row and subbed in a guy named Matt Ryan, who I thought was literally from the Colts, (laughs) and to be their shooter. The Wolves had DNPs of, like, Torian Prince. Like, these teams are playing guys that you've never heard of, and the Wolves are sitting guys who have, like, 40 games of playoff experience. So, that's my other rant. But, yeah, I'm with you. 55 is aggressive, but if they hit that man... I don't think that's the highest win total, though. Is it like is... 50, wasn't it 58? Didn't I they have a yeah,
0: okay. 03, But they've never won 60, I don't think. No. They've only had the top seed one time. The, 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 man, I'll, go, I'll throw it now. back to you here, but is it the top seed is not an, a totally out of reach thing if this, if this team peaks and gels the way that it could? Mm. If they play at like their 90th percentile as a team
1: and this gets me onto the one point hollinger made by the way jump the shark here on the no, no no the one hollander point. the one, hollinger point, the one <laughs> hollinger point that i thought was actually really smart and this is something you don't want to hear right now but this team is going to be better in 2023-24 um exactly 70 right. 70 yeah, yeah like 70, 70 wins. wins like 70 this wins. this team there is like <laughs> chemistry and vibes and that stuff like that matters again i i used a reference of like when you you're a quarterback, and you acquire a new wide receiver. Like it takes time to figure that stuff out. It's gonna take time for Rudy and D'Lo to gel, because throwing lobs is an art. Um, but I do think that this team is just like I don't know what the like, draft Kings odds are or whatever. But if you can go see like them to finish in the regular season, to me the Rudy Gobert experiment over four years, year one is all about regular season wins. And now we might fight about that down the road. But like I would much rather than win 55 games. And then figure it out in the playoffs and how do we make it work and maybe we lose in seven and then tweak it next year with a mid level exception, maybe mm-hmm. move this guy. To me, this season is all about winning as many regular season games as possible. Teams will tank harder than ever before. So yeah, I mean if you can get good odds on them to regular season win the West, why is that out why is that outlandish? They look good against the Clippers and they didn't have find, all their
0: guts. I'm gonna find I'll find some odds for you during your okay. prediction episode. So, all right, back to you for your your second prediction.
1: This is, again, a little spicier, but not too much, because if they win 50 games, if they see Phil's mark and they win 55 games, the Wolves will have two Western Conference All-Stars in the All-Star game. Last time that happened was 17-18 with Towns and Butler. Um, again, like every other stat in Wolves lore, it's only happened four times in 33 years. Um, it was Garnett and Cassell, Garnett and Cassell, and I think Garnett and Gugliotta. Um and they've never had three players make the All-Star team. So that might even be a spicier take. That would be like a Rudy Carl Ant or Rudy Carl Dilo. But, um, yeah, they're going to have two guys in the All-Star game because they're going to have a top four record come, you know, late January, early February.
0: I swear I'm not. I, I have these pre-written out here. So I, I swear I'm not trying to one-up you. But I'm, I'm just going to go organically <laughs> no here. Way. with the Write, this down. Write this down. Anthony Edwards will be a starter in the All-Star game this year a starter he will be a starter in the all-star game i don't know how that how does that work now you have like your 10 starters and it's a draft
1: and then the bench players
0: get filled out
1: yeah i yeah and it's changed every year and then once the whole country of japan got wiggins in i kind of stopped following it but um yeah i mean what you're saying is that he would i think it would have to be probably him and luca or him and like steph or maybe they allow one of those guys like him or Luca to play like the three or whatever. But that's not a hot take. You're basically having him jump like what? Jamal Murray. um, Yeah, I don't know how I don't know if they do like three guards,
0: two forwards or or how it works. But what I'm banking on is him taking a step forward. And I think his profile nationally too. like he was in a Netflix movie. Like he's kind of exploded just in terms of being a household name a lot more, too and I think that will continue this is a long shot I'm not saying it's likely I think this would be classified as a home run level prediction in our uh in our official books here but I think he's just going to become much more of a household name and thus get a lot more votes so I think he's going to be a starter in the all-star game Wait, write it down
1: right write and I think down. you know we saw that with the Grizzlies last year a lot of they were top five in every category for awards coach of the year executive of the year most improved all that stuff you good.
0: Uh, I think it's louder for you than it is for all of us. Well, it's kind of hilarious my
1: trash takes coming through and the garbage man came through but It's uh, hilarious
0: that we're trying to we're trying to provide all this Wolves optimism here on this episode the and garbage the garbage, garbage just the dumpsters rocking around my it.
1: apartment. <laughs> no, uh, I, I think that's a good one. I, again the only pushback I have on that is that I don't know how I literally don't know as an NBA diehard how the All-Star game is even functioning anymore but um but to your point these awards all this stuff it's a lot of stuff decided by writers <laughs> and you know, media people, and they love a story, they love a narrative. So this you know, third year growth from this kid from Minnesota taking his team to a top four seed, there's I don't see any reason that he couldn't make it. So maybe he's one of the two all stars that I predict. Yeah, could be.
0: Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, back to Kyle. Your third and final prediction
1: here. So this is the spiciest one, it's about as hot takeish as I can get, and just hear me out on it. But I love a good trade deadline. I love it in baseball, I love it in football, even though It's non-existent and basketball is really good. But my third one is that the Wolves will be sellers prior to the deadline. And I know that sounds weird because sellers is always a term you use with a team that's like bad or not trying. I know that sounds weird. You don't want to give up a valuable player when you're trying to make this run or whatever. But I do just have this nagging feeling that they have so much talent and you're going to start to tighten your rotation to nine guys. And some guy is just not going to play like Nas Reed was awesome on ESPN i'm not sure he's in the rotation all the time so you have you know jordan mclaughlin contract uh, contract eligible next year jalen noel Nas reed and you have this front office that has 106 people in it i do wonder if at some point they're like we're winning a bunch of games we have a bunch of players that we can trust we have ex excess guys like maybe we can get two seconds in february for Nas reed and kind of build back up that war chest that john hollinger mm-hmm. and everyone else is so nervous about not having anything so it's not a negative thing. It's just I wonder if Tim Connolly is thinking ahead, and they do have a lot of guys. Go look at their salary cap. Like they have a lot of guys that are going to be off the books next year. You don't want all those guys to just disappear. Maybe you resign one D'Lo or you know Jalen. But I do wonder if they maybe make a move for a guy that we love. But they're like, let's think long term. Let's go get a, a future first from a playoff team. Let's go give Nasri to the Celtics or something, and get a guy and get a first round pick back. So. I know that sounds sad, but it's just I do wonder if they start to kind of look at the long term, like how do we get a little more assets back again? To so reload? to
0: so to quantify this, just for official bookkeeping purposes, oh, if we okay. said the Timberwolves before the trade deadline, the Timberwolves will
1: trade a current player for a future asset. Yes, I would say that the, the before the deadline in mid February, whatever, the Minnesota Timberwolves will acquire at least one second round pick.
0: Okay. So, we will say uh, i'll I'll keep it as future asset okay, meaning future like, asset. like draft draft picks or something, okay. and then if there, if if something weird happens, we can take it to write that down court and you know, <laughs> go to the write that uh, write that write down, it down jury down you like writing things down all right. My third and final prediction centers around Jaden McDaniels, your mm. guy mm. so last year he had one game in which he scored over twenty points. It was home against Utah in a blowout win. This was the night he went 9-for-9 on uh, January 30th. 9-for-9, 22 points, 4 assists, couple rebounds. Not the most dynamic scorer, but he is now doing crossover dribble-type things and uh, getting to the rim during these preseason games like he didn't last year. So my prediction is, write this down, Jade McDaniels will have at least one 30-point game or more in 2022-23.
1: Regular season and playoffs. I will include all of it just in case. So a bonus, write that down. Kyle will get arrested at least once for indecent exposure. (laughs) Um, I I, I think 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 that's very possible. Uh, I think we've seen, again, Jaden's just not going to be a high usage guy. So to hit that, it's going to probably have to be in a game maybe where Ant's not playing or just, you know, they need to lean on him a little more against the Kings that night or in a a shootout. But you are seeing it's not going to be – ants like where it's massive leaps and bounds but again jaden last night not only did jaden take a couple threes go to the basket have a couple and ones for some reason the lakers put westbrook on him and i literally found myself feeling terrible for russell westbrook and his family Jaden was just attacking him like i w- if Jaden mcdonald's would have done the rock the baby thing after scoring on russell westbrook i would have showed up to this podcast naked like he was <laughs> there was there was a viral moment where like He shoved Westbrook and then took the ball and threw it at him. And then Westbrook threw the ball back at him. And Jaden took the ball and it was a game of dodgeball. It was hilarious. But I think that's a really good one. Because I think you saw his last game against the Grizzlies. I think it was like a career high points. There's no reason that guy can't score 30. It would take a hot shooting night from three. But Chris Finch is letting him dribble. And that's like the coolest thing in the world. It's like when you have a young puppy and you finally take it off the leash at the dog park. Finch has let Jaden run around the dog park now without a leash. And that could be really, really good. Uh, and it's just another asset that this team has and depth and all that stuff. So I like that. Anytime you talk about Jane McDaniels, it makes me happy.
0: What if it? So I think – I'm trying to do the math on what it would take here. Cause, so last year, the most field goal attempts he had in the game was he had 18 in a different Utah game. He was seven, 7 of 18, scored 16 points in that one. Otherwise, it's 14, 14, 14. So I think it would have to be a game, like you said, where someone's injured –
1: Kyle Anderson starts at the four for Carl, who's resting on a night. Jaden goes five for eight or five for nine from three. Um, gets so, like two and one. So that's up to like 20, you know, on a couple of baskets, like, it's like 21. A couple free throws late to close the game when they're trying to hunt 30 for him. And then like, yeah, a couple backdoor dunks. But I don't okay. think it's out of the question. He's going to have to hit a bunch of threes to make that work, though.
0: Here it is. All right. He's going to go. It's got to be like it, it, he's not going to shoot 27 times. So it's got to right, be exactly. like fewer be than fish, 20 right? shots. So it's going to be like 11. If he if he went, let's say, 11 for 17 from the field. Okay. And five of those were. Th- so five of seven from three, he goes. So that's 15. Yep. And then he goes uh, six of 10 from two. So that's another 12. So that's 27 Yep, right there. And then uh, maybe there's an and one and then a separate trip to the free throw line in which he just knocks them both down. And there's your 30 right there.
1: Okay. Yeah, no, Like that. actually, Jalen Noel would have to miss that game because Jalen Noel, man, he just has loved shooting the ball. (laughs) So if Jalen's (laughs) out there, there's not going to be enough shots. But no, there's no reason he can't do that. It sounds outlandish, but go look at his game against the Grizzlies. It was very efficient. I think he actually shot like 90% or something crazy. But... It just takes a hot shooting night from three, because now, as I just said, like he's starting to do that thing where he's getting to the rim, he's putting the ball on the deck. Like he can get you those dunks and those kind of backdoor cuts, but he's got to hit his threes. His shot trajectory is higher, according to nerds and stats. Um, so yeah, I, I like that. Anytime, like again, anytime we talk about Jaden on this pod, it's a it's a win for everybody.
0: Yeah, he was officially he had so 24 points in the in that playoff game you're talking about. Uh, 8 of 9 from the field, yep. oh, and God. then 5 of 6 from 3. So it would have to be some, something like that, but with a few more trips to the free throw line or a couple more twos, paint, whatever it
1: is. So, there it is. You should have said 50. That would have been fun. Like He's going to match his scoring total from <laughs> the Seattle Pro-Am. And then just chug a glass of Wolves Kool-Aid and jump out my
0: window here. That's what...
1: <laughs> Those were well, good. No, I think we're on the 50 same 50 minutes
0: of Wolves Kool-Aid drinking here. I don't know what I know, more gonna, you I guys want from us at this point. My God, if they start 0-4 and, 4 and the, the Target Centers look like a disaster, uh, I guess we'll just re-rack all of these terrible takes from this this preview we'll just, episode. Yeah, we'll
1: have Marlboro Reds. will start sponsoring the podcast because I'll be smoking <laughs> cigarettes. I'll be so stressed out. Amazing. Uh, and then I, so we're going to
0: – we're talking about like our schedules are a little bit wacky next week. I'm, yeah. We're both kind of traveling for different reasons. And so we're probably going to fire up that we're going to expand this show to two days a week. It will likely be – in like a week and a half. So okay, maybe the week, cool. of the, the week of the second week of the season. And so as part of that, at least one day a week, it'd be great to have sort of a feedback section of this show where we just yes. take people's comments from the YouTube yep. channel or Twitter, or you can always hit us up through the Scornorth app. There's a feedback application in there. And then we can just kind of devote a chunk of the week to answering people's questions about mm-hmm. basketball, life, whatever you guys really want. We can yeah, be your
1: therapist I- if you want. We're here for you the as you've said before like the response to this podcast which was just something fun you and I wanted to do has been fantastic I always think that this is the best fan base in the world because of the Eminem reference like they've been through the mud um and they deserve all the good stuff now so yeah I I created like flagrant howls on Twitter so send questions nice. to that um Phil and I will be like we'll respond we'll we'll kind of start to bring these questions together and discuss them um because like you said this is a lifestyle podcast and We want to have the lifestyle, not just you and I, who are having a lot of fun, but let's bring other people in and other opinions, and it'll be a good time.
0: Amen. All right, that's a wrap on this week's episode of Flagrant Howls. We are on the record, 50-plus, 55-plus wins, some all-stars, and some other general Timberwolves Kool-Aid chugging here. Kyle, Phil, we'll see you guys next time.